0: Yo, welcome to Black up Lips, man. We are the horsemen of Black up Lips. Well, we're not the horsemen of Black up Lips anymore. We are now Black up Lips Podcast Media. It's like this. So this is real Occam Talk. With your boy, Hastalio. Tonight, my special guest is Keith. Keith from Massachusetts. Yo, Keith, you from Massachusetts? That's right, I'm
1: from Massachusetts.
0: Bro. Yo, he's from Boston, Massachusetts, man. Yo. <laughs> um, and I got, of course, my regulars. I got Nigel and Erica and Simon so to be here in a bit, man. Anyway, yo, Ke- uh, Keith. What's going on, man? This is, uh, by the way, everyone, this is Keith, twin twin catering maestro. He's a chef. Keith, you ever thought about going on um, MasterChef? Have you ever been on there yet?
1: Um, well, I tried. I, I just, um, I'm not allowed to because I'm a pre- professional chef. So if you're a professional chef, you're not allowed to participate.
0: That's not fair. Can you lie to them and say
1: his ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nothing on, nothing on you got nothing on me, brother.
0: You could just be like, I, I've never cooked before in my life.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like for
0: me, for example, I'm I'm quite a good cook in it. Like, just from nature, you know. I'm Jamaican, so Jamaican people always learn to cook jerk chicken and that. So I can do that anyway. So I can go to go. I could cook, cook. George Gordon Ramsay under the table, man. I can guarantee ya. Hey man,
1: that's what's up, man.
2: It's not <laughs> the thing, the, the thing is think- though with jamaicans the way jamaicans cook they don't do the measuring thing it's like yeah man put yeah. some of this in, man. i gotta put some of that in man. and it still tastes crisp my mom, i watched my mom do it the other day she put, did a, a pot of um curry goat and i'm trying to watch what she's doing because it's a secret ingredient that she hasn't revealed to me just, well, <laughs> seriously you know when you have your mom's food and you eat it and there's like, it's like that certain taste and you think why that's it's like heaven. That's- we mate <laughs> I can't replicate it, and whatever she was doing with her hands, man, it was that cook I couldn't even follow. <laughs> <laughs> so something went in there that I didn't see. If tonight she was saying, she said, "Oh yeah, my pimento, pimento, and some pepper." Salad. And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. You're not giving me the secret." You know, you know
0: Jamaican food. Though, I think their secret ingredient is tomato, p- tomato sauce, and vinegar, man.
2: Nah, man, we, we, we can't make a food that.
0: Yo, that's their barbecue uh, sauce, man.
2: Nah, man. No, <laughs> no, Yo, keep, keep well, don't laugh at me. Are you being? Tomato, tomato, what soup?
0: Tomato sauce and and vinegar. Man,
2: you're talking about pork cocktail, <laughs> ain't
0: you? Yo, trust me, yo, trust me. I know, man. I was with some Jamaicans, and they were like, "Yo, you just put a bit of tomato sauce and some Mate. vinegar in there." And I was like, "The
2: weren't were, were Jamaicans. who was living in Germany for thirty years, were they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like,
2: look, me not know Jamaican start with tomato sauce. I ask you,
0: I ask you guys now. Even Keith, you know, I know keeps the professional. On.
2: Tabasco sauce, maybe,
0: but not tomato sauce. Yo, I'm gonna, yo, Keith, next next time you cook yourself, you put some saying? tomato sauce, vinegar in there, and trust oh, me.
2: What are <laughs> you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Keith, sauce. man, put it right, man, put it right. Yeah, get yeah, the professional.
1: Tomato sauce, and the sugar, you know, balancing out all the salt. You know, you need the vinegar just for your acid. And then you got the curry, which is bitter. You got to balance it all together. So tomatoes, is 100, uh, goes <laughs> inside of a curry sauce.
2: Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, wait those, so you know okay, wait those, you know.
1: You, yeah, you
2: know, My mum don't use no tomato
0: sauce in my curry. <laughs> so,
1: well,
0: you know, it's not you know, it's not for bread. Um, you can you can just um, you can just do it. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not. You know, it's not. I, use tomato,
2: I use tomato sauce for chips, mate. <laughs> now,
0: nah, but you know, you, you, gotta, you know, you can just like you know, blend it, man. You can blend it. Trust me. But a lot of people if, don't. Wow, well, Jamaicans know it. Well, obviously, Keith keeps
2: Jamaican. cooking for us, man. He's cooking for us, you know. I'll be sending that food over by email, my
3: friend. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> welcome, Simon,
0: man. Thanks for joining us. You're about to Yo, si. All
3: right. So, it's, I was wondering. You're right
0: there, Keith. What's it? What's it? What is that, Keith?
3: That's curry chicken, baby.
0: Yo, curry, curry chicken. chicken,
2: man. How can you do that to us, man? <laughs>
0: 100%. You know, I've been I've been living in Germany for too long with a with a European wife, and I haven't had no decent food for a long time. Trust me. Man. Apart from when I cook myself,
3: <laughs> but you know, I
0: kind of miss my mom's cooking, especially because of Corona, wow, ain't it?
3: Wife, you know, this guy's that? A harsh on the wife, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. My wife's good people, man. Some <laughs>
1: nice traditional no, some things,
0: Watch <laughs> <But> sausages <laughs> and t- and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With no salt. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Um, all things, all things square. Anyway, going back to Keith. Keith's, um, obviously, I met Keith in Germany. used to live here, but now he's left. Um, yes. Was that your own choice to leave? Or did you just, you know, because Germany sucks?
1: No, no. I got myself in a little trouble, so I had to get out of there. He's
0: having trouble in Germany, man. How do you do that?
1: Uh I'd rather not speak. I mean, don't want
0: you to reveal anything, but I was just saying like, how do you get yourself into trouble in Germany when basically you, you do anything in Germany and get away with it most times?
1: I know. You know, you know the party scene is crazy over there. You know, New York and Fresh University. Yeah. yeah, know, yeah. The artists over from Germany, uh, from America to Germany. Yeah. From the, uh, you know, the, you know and, uh, the drug scene gets a little crazy. yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sure. I got caught with a lot of stuff, and instead of going to jail, I just took off. Man, they couldn't hold me.
0: <laughs> he did the right thing, man. He did the right thing. So, Same you I would do. To be fair, I'd be getting off, man. <laughs> I
1: had to get the hell out of there. Yeah.
0: Um, but one, because you're obviously ex-military too. How long did you serve?
1: I served five years U.S. Army.
0: And then you got, you obviously got transferred while well, you was sent to Germany, and that's where you basically set up, any. That's right, yeah. yeah. So the reason why I got you on today, it because I wanted to talk about... Because you wrote something, a post, which was really interesting, but I don't know if you deleted it or Facebook deleted it. It was talking about gangs in the army. And I've heard a few whispers that there is gangs in the army. But you wrote something and you, was like, you went into detail, man. I was like, yo, I want to read this. And it was gone. I was like, nah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. dude.
1: Yeah, so it 100% got gangs in the military. You know, you got a lot of... Uh, White, black, Spanish guys who who leave for a certain reason. They leave the United States for a certain reason, mm-hmm. either go to jail or get out of their situation. So they yeah. join the military, trying to become a man, right? So once you get to the military, it's a huge melting pot. Yeah. You know? So everyone from all fifty states. So you got the blood, you got the Crips, you got the Latin Kings, you got every single uh, gang under the belt. Together, mm-hmm. and and it's hard. You know, you what they say. Um, you could take someone out the hood, but can't take the hood out of someone. <laughs> and, and that's what it's all about. So you get to the military, you're trying to become a man, you're trying to forget your old ways, but you meet up with all these cool people that you yeah, have. yeah never left Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, so I met people from Georgia, California, and I'm like, yeah, I'm Crip. Yeah, I'm Crip. yo man. So what they do over there? So what they yeah? So the military, you know, definitely has a lot of gangs, um, and, um, and the biggest gang, what I would say, is the is the Masons. You know the masons are yeah, uh, yeah and and they run the military almost 60 percent military is mason okay you know, that's where the whole system is set up around them to where they get the rank they get all the benefits they get their choice of posts whatever they want to do you know
0: okay yeah man because i met a lot of masons actually over here and i was like you're amazing because i because I, I like i went into conspiracy deep I actually bought masonry books, Freemasons and stuff. And I started start seeing all the symbolism, like their rings that they have. And I remember like when I was working on post, I'd see people driving in and I'd look at them like, yo, he's got a G on his ring, man. What is that? He's a mason. And then I met a guy who's actually a, quite a high up mason. And he was all yeah. telling me, yeah, man, we're all masons. My masons is good. You should join. I was like, <laughs> I was my was like yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to scratch that, man. That's cause against my principles, man. But uh <laughs> Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, the military. <laughs> I got um, I got in a little trouble with gang violence. There was a, a huge fight in the club in Germany, and um, instead of just dissecting the situation down there to individuals, mm-hmm. we together like we were in the United States, pretty much saying, all these black kids from this post are this gang, and all these, and it just carried on, it just followed us. So there's, there's no way to really uh, rehabilitate yourself yeah. if it followed you. Into the place that they try to escape to, you know, so okay. it, it's yeah, a problem. Yeah. That must well, be, I, that, that,
2: that yeah, must be hard because obviously, when you join the military, I suppose your assumption and perception is that you're all going to become this kind of brotherhood. And yeah, training and adversity. You know, you'll all be kind of yeah, man. These guys are my guys. I mean, would that kind of play out? I mean, did you um, did you see any conflict? Do you have to go to anywhere where there's any conflict? Where that? that kind of got in the way of people kind of doing what they should have been doing to protect everybody, you know? Was there like in Iraq, Iraq?
0: Was you in Iraq or Iraq?
1: I don't think, no. When it comes down to a situation like that is, everyone has, uh, fear overtakes your um, ego, you yeah. know what okay. So when, when you're afraid, you 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 stick with each other, no matter what yeah. color and where you're from, yeah. okay. you know, we all make it home. But as far as individual, like in Germany, you leave the United States, and you go to the military, Korea, Germany, wherever you go, you can recreate yourself, mm-hmm. you know, sort of tend to bind with people that are like you, you know? So you get into these little groups, you don't, you don't consider yourself a gang, but in the other men, in another man's eye, you are a, a gang member, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. running around in the clubs, you're, you're uh, smoking weed in the barracks. You're, uh, you know, got the doing, hooking up your cars, like if you were on the street back here, and they just consider you a uh, 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 individual that is a little bit wild and untamable and that categorizes you almost as like a gangster you know and that that, that's the that never escapes you you know and that's most predominantly for the black men in the military
0: yeah because
1: obviously,
0: <clears throat> obviously we've got this issue at the moment with like obviously black lives matter and all these police brutality killings and stuff you know what i mean i was thinking Obviously, there's there must be some sort of racism in the military too, like in England too. Simon to attest to that. There's a lot of racism in the, in the British military too. So I guess you guys have to face the like the Aryan Brotherhood and everything else in the military as well.
1: That's correct, just like in jail. It's yeah, that's what i gonna
0: say. Just, just jail with right. weapons. If
1: you look in the history of the military, there's not a lot of uh, black individuals in high positions, as far as colonels, lieutenants, generals. Mm-hmm. Really, there's not a lot. You know, um, you, if, if the predominant uh, black men or women in the military are staff sergeants, E8. You might make your your nine, but yeah. other than that, you're not going to get it. You know, it takes longer for us to get rank than a white individual who uh, just get who just got on post. You know, oh, in two, right. years, they get they get their sergeant, but in two years we might become a, a private first class. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really some racism. It's a system that's the problem.
0: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Now,
3: in terms of when you left the army, I know it was by um, means outside your control kind of thing, um, but what was your rank when you actually left the army after five years? Um, well, I sort of felt free, but at the same time, I
1: stayed in, the, in Germany at that time, and I never went back to the United States to sort of, uh, you say, uh, to process everything that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so I see in Germany, which had its own systematic problems uh, against black people and, and uh, minorities. So mm-hmm. I really had um, didn't have a chance to adjust. I went in from one horrible situation into another mm-hmm. under, uh, situation I didn't even understand yet. Yeah. So I learned the German language, and and I found out you know they don't even want you to speak their language. You know, yeah. so it's, it's sort of I didn't really have
3: time to really process everything getting out of the military. Mm. Okay, what was your rank when you left the army? uh Specialist. specialist. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will get you. See, my, what my was view. your legality? What did you do? Mm. Yeah, Took In the military. Chef. Use the chef. That's right. Oh my! <laughs> love the chefs in the military. <laughs> but they, 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 they keep on coming, man. That's the one actual surprising thing about when I was in the army. When they actually allowed me to eat my food, <laughs> but the problem was, I try and sit down. as like, right, get out on the drill square. and Then you're out on the drill square and you're doing some bullshit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I like
1: to uh, play games. to inhale your food. Yeah,
3: yeah, you better smell it because you ain't going to show yourself I ain't going to taste it. <laughs> so oh, you Keith, know. you um, you touched on
2: that Germany was like a different experience. I mean, what, what, which part of Germany was
1: you in? So I lived in Mainz, Wiesbaden area. Okay. Uh, around the capital, about 30 minutes from the capital. Um, you know, it was really multicultural, a lot of Turkish, a lot of Italian, Russian, um, but blacks were minimal, mm-hmm. you know? About, uh, <laughs> ones that, that, were, that lived there, we all stuck together. Yeah. You know?
3: When I was in Wiesbaden, we'd see another, I'd see another black guy and I'd be like, hey man, <laughs> every time, man, you always have the nod, you know, like the confirmation, like, I know, man, I'm black too
1: kinship i tell you it was good for us to meet Wayne because Wayne was the only English guy I ever met that was black I never even knew there was black people in England <laughs> look at that there's a, there's a whole heap of black people in England you know brother
2: <laughs> a whole
1: heap <laughs> we're so, we're so uh, sheltered here that we don't even understand that we didn't even understand that part you know
2: well, I um I was working with a lady, a girl, um for a rather large company who were based in Dubai, and she was from America, and she'd only ever seen one black person in real life in all the time that she was growing up in America, and uh, she actually ended up marrying an African guy. I mean, you know, once she went black, she was like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> you but when she come, when, when she come to England, she was like, oh my god, look at all these black people. You, you couldn't, she just hadn't seen black people, and I thought.
0: Hold
2: on a minute, America, surely yeah. you're not that big that you can't drive 10 20 miles and see a No, no, states
0: in it. You have to go to different states, different states. Right. Some states are just pure white hmm. in America. Oh, yes. Wow, yes. you know, and then you got some states where it's very multicultural. Like if you go to New York, California, Atlanta, well, not even all Atlanta, Atlanta I heard that Georgia is quite black, and then when you go out of Georgia, it's like
3: white. You know what happened? Though? I mean, like, correct me if I'm monkey, but uh, you know, just, there's always been a lot of black people in the South, even during the worst of times, because there was a choice for a lot of people where, or no choice for somewhere, they either tried to stay in the South and pick cotton and do those jobs even after slavery, or come to the North and look for jobs in the North where they were doing all kinds of things cooks, laborers, you know, au all these different things that were happening. So people chose. So either stay in the South or go North, but there's always been predominantly a big um, black community in the South. So in all of those places, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, all these places, there's always been, and Florida, there's always been a huge black um, contingent there.
1: That's that's true. That is 100% true. You know, I, I say the way that America's set up is, you know, if you put a dot on a piece of paper and around that dot draw a huge circle, that's, that's uh, how every state is set up. So all the minority Blacks are on that dot, mm. and they have a whole circumference filled with white people. So yeah. it's, it's a control process. So they always have the control. You mm. know, cities, a lot of Black people in the cities, but in the suburbs, uh, man, it looked like a white piece of paper, brother. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> wow.
0: It's
3: so, interesting because last night I was watching um, a documentary uh, on UK TV on BBC and it was actually talking about black people being in the countryside and it was saying like the countryside is actually so um, therapeutic for you and to be in touch with nature it was actually um, we was preconditioned so the lady was saying that when she came here from I think it was Jamaica or Grenada or somewhere she says they would they knew that only really white people lived in the countryside and they were hostile and it wasn't Mm. the fact that they were hostile that environment quickly like black people quickly realized there wasn't welcome there so they pass that on to their children and then two generations when you become detached from nature and you're not used to being in the countryside i know many black people from the city who never ever go out into nature literally never go out into nature Mm. there is a huge detachment between black people and nature in the uk because we just know to stay away from the countryside because you know um literally historically we knew that we wasn't welcome there so we just yeah. stayed in urban areas and just and just and stayed together it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing but it's very sad because if i think about what nature means to me and how i feel literally being replenished when i'm out in nature it's it's crazy that so many people who have got built and, and this is talking about obviously black people have faced a lot of systemic injustices and you know problems at home so to be out in nature to be able to sort of meditate to be able to just take yourself away from it and breathe that country air in i think could actually be really important and helpful to to a lot of black people mm-hmm. i believe so as well
0: anyway so so keith anyway so you're so you're a chef well, i want to change the topic a little bit yeah you're, you're a chef how is it how is it going for you at the moment because obviously are, they, are you still shut down down there in boston
1: that's right yeah we're still shut down we can't open for a while yeah
0: right. yeah well actually the thing is there's just brighter days ahead because in germany we've been open for like maybe two months now and you know the restaurants back open is normal and things that are you know anyway because you got family haven't you still in germany
1: that's so right yeah. It's so you know you,
0: you know everyone's gone kind of crazy man you know it's like we're, we're expecting the second wave to so like just take us all out yeah man <laughs> So, so just, just sit tight. You're gonna, you're gonna. I think England's just opened up now as well, isn't it? England.
1: Just about no
3: legislators. centres. Independently, have you been given? Have you
2: been given a, an estimated date of when you can maybe look to get back to business, Keith?
1: Um, so uh, we're opening the uh, catering for. I do catering. Uh, so we're we're opening up at stage four. And stage four is when they find the vaccine. When the vaccine works, and the vaccine's in the public. So, Wait there. Uh, I'm just taking it seriously. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, stage but, um, four. Stage four. So as far as America right now, we have the, excuse me. <coughs> we have the restaurants who are, um, they open up outside. So they have to build a barrier outside, set up tables six feet apart. Yeah. And they, can operate, they can serve with masks on, sanitizer after every single last touch. Um, and, uh, what else? They opened up the malls, they opened up the uh, movie theaters. But here in Massachusetts, I'm, I gotta say, I'm really proud of my city in Boston because the rest of the states are opened up doing full business, but Massachusetts, we're saying, nope, we're not ready. You know, we're yeah. not gonna open up until we're 100%. Right now, I believe we have in the past two weeks, only 30 people who passed away from coronavirus and only hundred and something cases. And that's huge because we yeah. have a governor, a mayor that really cares about the people. You know,
2: so that's the well, thing, isn't it? Well, well isn't it hard because obviously America is it's an open place, you can drive from one state to another without anyone. So I mean, so even if you guys have locked off, what about the people who may be coming into Massachusetts from either side? I mean there's like four different ways you can come in from four different states. How does how do you kind of control that?
3: Actually, Second amendment no, I think I think like Nigel's right for raising that because that is what I was going to say as well. <laughs> Did you
0: just say the Second Amendment?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh
1: God! <laughs> 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 oh, God.
3: Well, I'm from learning Massachusetts. No, but, uh, you know, in general, like, you're Yeah, I'm going to raise that point because like you exactly that. But I think what it is is that's going to carry, you know there's going to be some kind of calculation to work out how right. he's coming in. And I think what he's doing by, like you say, by having a governor and a mayor who are sort of working, you know, in tandem and they're actually to have joined up thinking when you're getting the advice from, from, from Trump, what you're getting, is it's amazing that some states are just like, no, we're going to have to take that whole situation and deal with this ourselves. And some people don't did that really well, like governor Cuomo, he did really well in New York when it was really surging over there. Um, And there's been places where, like I say, like, like Massachusetts and a few places who have, you know, really worked together. The problem is, is when the mayor and the governor are arguing and then obviously you're getting direction from above that is literally (laughs) for states that reopen no matter what. I'm way to look at this is now Trump's having these rallies. And they're actually taking, they've got stickers on these on these seats at these convention centres that are saying, you know, social distancing, blah, blah, blah. And he's instructing his staff to go in there, tie chairs together and take the stickers off, fill the places up and everything. But obviously he's masked, well, he's not masked up, but all his people have to be masked up, tested every single day and contact traced. But then the rest of people in society is not advocating for that at all. He's actually saying we don't need to test that many people, and we shouldn't. And wear a mask if you want to, and all the rest of it. So the advice is really, really bad. So when governors and mayors get it right, and you've got that that cohesion between the two, because it it doesn't work when you're getting advice from the mayor and then the governor of basically says right, and we're opening anyway. Because the mayor becomes disabled, then they're, they're they're the lesser power. They can't control what's happening. So it just depends. You know, I think Massachusetts are doing a brilliant job. And you're safe, Keith, man, you're safe? Oh, yes, always. Oh, yeah, always. I got the Lord behind me, man. You know, God keeps me safe. Yeah, you know, and, we... and, in, and, and Interpol. Interpol? So I got... Let me something Interpol, the I Germany, running from Germany,
0: what we said earlier on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a joke. That's a joke. Okay. Yeah, I get it, I get it, get it. Um, there's system,
1: sorry, there's a system in place where, um if in a, in a, cri- in a crisis or a pandemic... Um, we could declare a state of emergency. Yeah. Uh, the president who is in office automatically takes over that office for four more years. So anything that Donald Trump is saying is everything. <clears throat> where the virus doesn't matter anymore, it's gone. But we, we be it. All the stuff that Donald Trump is saying, telling the mayors, "Open up, yeah, everything's fine." He just wants to make sure that in November, if this virus is still around, he him as president to say state of emergency. And he doesn't even have to run for president, he's automatically president. Wow. Oh my year. god!
0: Oh my god! So, <laughs> by default, man,
1: uh, wow, okay, wow.
0: <laughs> so, wait, did you hear about this geezer? Um, what's his name? Uh, Kanye West saying he's gonna run because uh, we posted something in the group and Simon had a good point. Um, what do you think, Keith? Do you think have you heard of it?
1: I did, yes.
0: And
2: what, what do you think?
1: You think? <laughs> I don't, I
3: mean, Pete, what do
1: you know, a <laughs> Publicity stunt, all right? So Kanye, could uh, he could kick rocks. I don't like him at all. Um, so this is Donald Trump and Kanye's plan. So if, Donald, if Kanye takes, say, 2,000, 3,000 votes from the public, as long as Biden doesn't get those votes, those votes pretty much go to Donald Trump. Oh it's God. another little scheme of Donald Trumps to get all the votes he needs the electoral votes. So if people start voting for Kanye, that takes away from the—I uh, want to say—the Democratic Party. Yeah. You know, he And default again, he wins. So it's a strategic thing that Donald Trump is doing by having Kanye run for president.
3: Yeah, I want to add to that as well. Like the one thing, when people say that Kanye is unhinged. The one thing that I don't think anybody can actually say is that he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he may be a fool in some ways, but he's very calculating. And Mm -hmm. if Kanye was really actually running for president, he wouldn't be coming in after the primaries like this late in the day with some half ass kind of um, campaign. He would have been there early. He would have been in the rest of his opponents down Early in the first, second round, and everything, so he's got a clear run to the finish line because he's not the kind of guy who's going to sit back and and just wait this one out until the last minute. Unless it's going to, he's, he had a realistic chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, he's got a massive following. You know, he's a very, very talented and famous guy, but he hasn't got the 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 sort of um, pull to be able to come in this late in the game and expect serious voters to vote for him. Because what's he go, How is he going to appeal to the the white middle class woman? You know, in the middle of Oklahoma or something like? He's not going to. He's not going to resonate with hip hop music or you know somebody very brash and outspoken and black telling them what they should do. Uh, hmm. that's, that's just... I did
1: want to ask Keith though. Do you think that the black American citizens will see through it, or do you feel um, as though them will buy into it because he was in the church and everything, and people seem to have bought into that, so. Um, I, I would say uh, the hip hop community bought into his church, but for the realistic people out here, like me, the everyday black person, we can't stand that. Because you're going against God, you know what you stand for. And then mm-hmm. you're, going God, you're going to open up a church, Kanye Sundays, I don't know what he's doing, but um, <laughs> he trying to win all the votes. He thought they, they believe they have the black vote in the belt by putting Kanye up there, you know, mm. and, I don't respect that at all because in the midst of this Black Lives Matter, he shouldn't be running for president. He should be making sure we're making changes in this yeah. city from Chicago, where a hundred people died, not even on Fourth of July. You know, mm-hmm. like okay. that, that. Has a focus in another place, which also tells me I would never vote for Kanye West. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like watching a soccer game, right? The, the yeah. commentator knows everything about soccer, but put him on the field, he can't even score a goal. He won't even be able to pass the ball. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah so that's how I feel about Kanye, man. <laughs> well, I always think like, and this is this is—I don't know if it's anything to to do with the fact that he's rich, but in powerful circles, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to come across a lot of interesting people who have a lot of interesting things to say. I reckon that Kanye is just one of those guys you just hear really amazing things in passing. And then tries to palm it off as his own, as like right knowledge, you know. He just seems like one of them kind of brothers, man. He's like, I have a philosophy. I had a dream, you know what I mean? And then like this guy's trying to pass it off like that's his thing. I mean, this guy will have you believe in party, this, you know, the, the red Sea. And I just think like he's just he's a bit of a clown. But I think not. I don't. I don't take him as a joke. I'm not going to say that this guy doesn't have anything about him. He's obviously a very. He reminds me, to be honest, of. um Candy Owens, where she has the potential to be absolutely brilliant but choosing yeah. to be a clown. And I'd say that in a sense about Kanye, but not to the same degree. I think this is a publicity stunt. I wouldn't call him a clown. I think he's got some interesting things to say, but he's just, he's not, he's not presidential material in my opinion.
0: Yeah, man. Um, while we talk about this man and the whole Black Lives Matter stuff, did you hear about this party the nfac did anyone else hear that
1: yeah right. I, the, I saw the march i saw a, vi- a video clip of it someone that would have been watching but yeah. um what state they were in where were they
2: Oh, these yeah. the guys
3: with the guns
0: yeah 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 they're my boys they're my boys oh, these are the guys who went
3: to defend people yeah so yeah, yeah. protesting yeah well i <laughs> think it's an interesting point because it was just saying about people marching on dc and what would happen if black people chose to do what those um, the, those sort of people defending the, the American stat, you know, the statues of Confederate, you know, these Confederate leaders? Because I don't think you could they could have pulled that off in Washington. But then, like you say, where where is it actually? Where, it's not like an open where,
0: carry state, that's why. No. Well, it I would ask Washington. Keith, Keith, quickly, um, if, say these guys really got some, like, influence going around. Because I think they have, because, like, to be honest, I'll I'll join them straight away. I'll join <laughs> them, I don't care. Yeah, I would, I would um if they got big how long would it be before the u.s military was like okay we got competition
1: <laughs> um, I, I think one of the of state it's still in one state at the moment so yeah, soon yeah. As it the state, then i believe we're gonna have an issue you know okay like we, you know there's already a lot of talk they're trying to now associate with the nfas with the black lives matter movement yeah, the false, it's, not the same thing. yeah it's not you know these political communists who are trying to uh represent black lives matter so they're, they're trying to terrorise, you know, put it into a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. It'll be... It's a, it's a... Yeah, but,
2: but they did the same with Black Panther movement though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was and, and the thing is when you watch some of the documentaries, anytime there's a black voice or any kind of person who looks like they're gonna get a following, they just take them out. Yeah. So that's why you'll find, you know, a lot of people who are making decisions. You won't know who's making the decisions, but we do need that unity. We do need that unity, but it's very difficult now because the voice everybody wants something different. You know that's why there's some black people who voted for Trump because they want to have someone who's um, who goes to church as their president. You know you've got some black people who you know will never vote for Trump because they want democracy. You know they want rights for you know. There's so many different facets that have got to be created to actually make it equal. You haven't got one unifying black voice which is going to make everybody happy because I tell you what black people man when it comes to moaning we're the quickest to moan you know <laughs> quickest to moan listen mate I'll tell you a quick story there's a group on Facebook and there's this girl and she's tried to she's built this group for the black community 100,000 in about one week 100,000 people there's people on there now moaning that their post isn't being posted straight away <laughs> but don't appreciate it there's like 7,000 posts coming in a day and yeah. they've all got to be approved they're moaning. Instead of them thinking, well, look, man, it's a good cause. I can wait It's my people. It's like, oh, man, what about me? What about me? So are desperate, that, isn't it. Yeah, and that's the problem. And it's not just black people. I think it's people in general. But to get that one unified voice who's going to say, right, I can say 95% of what I say will make my people, my people of colour happy. It's bloody hard, man, because we divided down so many lines. Gangs, religion. Um, you know, in some, pra- in some places, you're too black. Or you're too light. You know what I mean? It's got, got all these... <laughs> so it's hard. It's, it's definitely hard to unify. And I think it's a difficult job. Even if you had a, a country where it was just black people, we'd still, we'd still find a problem to say, well, you're going to live that way because you're... You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a difficult thing, man. Difficult thing. Yeah. And that's why when all these um, communists, socialists, whatever, jump on these bandwagons, you know, when you really strip it back, you know for me it should just it should be about color Forget the fact whether he's left you know he's, he's a lefty or whatever it should be about color man
3: that's exactly what but the they have about. to make it about everything else on top yeah but no, just what they're making exactly making it about they're making it exactly about color don't you see by distinct distinct uh, by linking all of these things onto the black lives matter movement just by association by what the fact yeah. that these people are black. That's exactly what's happening. That's how he's, that's how he's been brought back. What are happening, like you said, with, with, uh, with um, the Black Panthers and stuff back you know, in, in the civil rights days, is anything that would have been associated with them, any kind of, you know, any kind of, you know spin-off group or anybody actually, maybe you got got peaceful people who were like people like MLK, but not, you know, so well known. They would, have stood, they would have just associate them straight away to the most violent, the most heinous, to anything that, you know, and any story that ever happened with a black person, after that, if a black guy goes and rubs somebody down in the street, it would be probably, say, oh, you know, a known member of this organisation. Yeah, yeah. They would tie it straight into the organisation just to keep that narrative all yeah, and Yeah, well, that's the thing. But that's we, what's going to happen yeah. now with Black Lives Matter. Every yeah. attention of them and every black person who ever did anything ever like they'll be over here, they be like Linfant Christian, yeah, man, he was Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, look 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 what happened with Muslims. I didn't even know what a Muslim was
2: until nine yeah. eleven. And then I knew what a Muslim was because the media told me that there was these guys, they were all supposed <laughs> to be terrorists, and I've got to hate them all, and I must watch out for them. And then I was told that you know the, 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 like allow meat and all these things. I'm thinking but it never bothered me
3: before. But yeah. well, I had to learn to hate these people, I had to learn to hate them because the I media did them. on the show. Excuse me to cut in there, John. Who uh, you wouldn't uh, know? You Keith. had a previous guest on on the show who was a a white guy who went out with his family and stayed in 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 Kashmir in Pakistan during literally the height of the tent. Well, not the height of the tensions, but not many years after like what happened in nine eleven. And he didn't pay for a drink. He never paid for food. They were literally thanking him for going there because what the Western media was telling them is that everybody in Pakistan is basically you know, got a, a, a vest on and they're going to blow themselves up. Mm. Really mm. it had normal families there who could not believe that this white guy was going to be there. And he ended up staying with the family for two months and he never bought a thing, even in a shop. He said even shopkeepers wouldn't take his money.
0: Yeah. I can, mm. I can vouch for that too, man. I've heard that as well about Pakistan. Mm. But anyway, I want to go back to the NFAC man, cause I want to join. <laughs> Oh, no, Keith, Keith, you know anybody, man, get me in.
1: Oh, shit, no, man. No. No, nah, no but
0: that's
1: I, a, that's a, I, I... you know, take care of uh, what's around me, but to go out there and, and risk your life, uh, I still don't even know too much about it, you know? Yeah. Like, Black Lives Matter, you know, I love my people, mm. but to find, um I'm just not a completely... Uh, I don't have all the knowledge yet to touch with the subject, yeah.
0: I think at the end of the day it's probably better just to stay away from that sort of stuff, man. Cause I think there is enough martyrs who will, will do it. But you're like obviously a father, you know, you got kids, you got business, you got you know it's not really your fight. You know, you're doing all right. But I think there's a lot of people who are not doing all right who can say, you know what, I'm gonna go and fight for this cause. You know, even me, I got like three kids now, I got a wife got a job i'm pretty set up here you know i don't have to go and fight any anyone's fight apart from racism racism i'm gonna fight to the day i die now i don't care i'm i'm a soldier of,
3: in with you, bro. I'm in with you.
0: yeah the anti the anti-racism soldier that's what i am uh, so i'll fight that till, till i die apart from that any other fights unless, unless it's like an all-out civil war i have to take a couple of geezers down that's it. <laughs> <laughs> then i <I'm> mean <in. laughs> but uh yeah man um
1: Fight with uh, intelligence, you know, with um, with our brains, you know. We yeah. if we could change one person's opinion every day, we're winning the war. You yeah, know? That's how you know. I fight with my words, you know. Which is that's learning the facts and being able to present the facts to where maybe you can have a change of heart, and you know, that's that's the battle I'm fighting. You know, um, if I have to pick up my gun, then um, there's a there's a serious problem.
0: Yeah, you know? of course, of course. Speaking is no longer an option. Um, I want to talk, about, I want to go back to your military career. Did you, did you ever go down range? Is that what you call it? You say you went right. to Iraq? Arm- uh, yeah.
1: yeah the- I didn't go to Iraq. I didn't go to Afghanistan, um, uh, where another, you know, situation, uh, in the military, I got myself into a lot of trouble, um, mm. got locked up for five months and kicked out the army after five years of service. Okay. So, I uh, had a racist sergeant who just kept on telling me, "I'm from Boston, and Boston's not known for a lot of black people." Yeah. So he kept, telling me, "Oh man, you're like Uncle Tom. You're a white boy. Like there's no black people in Boston." So that was just making me mad. I punched him in the face, and um, I pulled a knife on him in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, they locked me up. They locked me up, man. You know. And
0: yeah. So. Was was like obviously he was in jail then or prison jail? <laughs> Is that like normal jail? Is that like kind of like a soft version or a harder version actually?
1: Say it's um a little bit softer. You know, they try to follow the same uh system, but uh mm-hmm. because we're soldiers, you know, from the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, everyone's together in Mannheim, Germany. Okay. It's just do our nine to five, they give us gym time, they feed us and then they lock us in the cell, you oh, know, yeah. with twelve or fifteen people in one bay. You know, so it's it's almost being back in basic training. That's how it felt. Oh yeah,
0: okay, yeah, then it's all right, then mm-hmm. it's all right. It's easy then. So when you just like don't want to go down range, man, you just punch a char- sergeant in his face, you're good. Yeah. Five there's,
3: there's, there's no advantages to punching a sergeant, man. Believe me. Apart from instant gratification at the time. No, managers, no. I, I nearly went there myself. I got thrown down the stairs by a sergeant, and then thrown down the next flight of stairs by the same guy. You know, I was 16 years old, the youngest trainee on on uh, on camp out of 1500, one of three black or yeah. and obviously ethnic as you say these days you know guys are on, on, on there so yeah man and and we, they used to be blatantly racist to us they say you know when you come to attention you know you bring your you snap your arm down like there's a nigger going for your mom's handbag you know no offense johnson and stuff like that you know what i mean i used to get it so bad i used to get just you know in, when we was like running and there'd be uh, like a, a puddle of like dirty muddy water Tell me to start doing press-ups and then stand on my back and then just grip the back of my shirt and just pull me through the, 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 the mud and then tell me that we had dress parade on and we all had to stand up and see how our uniform looked and obviously I'm there dripping in mud. So I've got now about 30 seconds to go back inside and get changed and get out there in 30 seconds, which is impossible. So now he's going to beast everybody else in the squadron except for me who can go back inside, change, have a nice cup of coffee and watch everybody else. <laughs> And then, yeah, you do Best that. You,
0: of friends in it.
3: You do that enough times to somebody, and uh, yeah, you'll make some enemies. I mean, you
0: set my buddy on me. I don't know if you had it, you didn't have it like that, though, Keep. When did you, what, how old was you when you were you into the military?
1: I was 19 when I joined.
0: Oh, so you're still quite young. And then you went straight you did your basic training and then went straight to Germany. Yeah,
1: I did basic training and uh, AIT, which is uh, your, your job training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, went straight to Germany, correct.
0: But they weren't that harsh with you. Because uh, I guess in America, it doesn't matter how we look at it, I think Americans' military is a lot more multi-diverse than the UK military, mm. I believe. And also, I think in America, it seems like military is, like Keith said earlier, um, it's a way to get for a black person to get out you know, of the life that he's probably been set out for. You know what I mean? You can think, okay, I'm going to go to the military and set myself up a little bit. Whereas if he just stays in the hood, you know, you know where that's probably going to end up. Jail or dead. So, yeah, man. Anyway, so you went down. So do you want to say something?
1: Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah.
0: So you went down down to Iraq, man. What was that like? Because <laughs> was that like hours of boredom? Or was it like all action-packed, like a Call of Duty game?
1: You're talking been me? Yeah. yeah. I, I've never been to Iraq. But I've, been, um, I've been to Macedonia and Kosovo. Oh, you didn't uh, go to? Oh. They locked me up before the unit left.
0: Oh yeah yeah
1: okay. Yeah. This, like this guy shoot us. He said I'm out of control. We are not taking him. No, they locked up about seven of us, about seven different guys, you know, a couple of guys Chicago, Las Vegas, a couple of New York guys who just um, they classified off. You know, they were they wrote us off as soon as we got there. We were young, dumb. Yeah, and, uh, didn't, uh they locked us up and uh put us out before the military, act- our, our unit, actually was deployed.
0: Yeah, because I guess it's kind of like one of those cases where you think to yourself, you know, if I go down rage, man, it's gonna be, so, it's gonna be a hell of a lot of friendly fire going around. <laughs>
1: That's right. Man, <laughs> man. Just shoot you stuff. Shut up.
0: It was, it was an Iraqi or it was a Pakistani or someone else.
1: You know, I see blessing from God, man. God made sure that I didn't put myself in a situation. Yeah. I didn't. yeah. So. Yeah and I, I wasn't able to go but you know that's that's what we all hope for we all hope that we never have to but some you know
3: thousands have uh, were forced to go so
1: yeah,
3: no. actually ask a question actually because I wanted to bring this up on an earlier show I mean this seems like right we're talking about obviously being you know when you mentioned saying when you're talking about how it is in America where in any place you just literally have that dot where that's where the black people are and around it that's where it's all white people i was going to say like for the fact that it is we do segregate ourselves off in so many places and it's everywhere around the world literally wherever you go to some extent do you think like tribalism and that willingness to um and need or want to stay with your own is natural or do you think it's learned behavior i believe it's learned
1: behavior you know it's systematic they they teach you that in school from school you learn that you know different classifications, and um, they sort of teach you only one tribe. They don't really teach all tribes, so mm-hmm. they make others feel uh, less confident about their skin color or where their religion or you know where, where they come from. And others very proud, you know, um, as far as you know, white Caucasians. They they are proud to be Americans. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're
3: always proud to be Americans, and it. not really what a lot of I them means. I'm proud to be white, man, because you know I'm living. In- Charm life right about now, man. There's there's nothing wrong
0: with it though, is it? As long as it's not like anybody else in it,
3: yeah, you can't choose to be white. And this is what I think I've said to a lot of um white people I know, and and it's happened a lot in England. And I'm sure each of you have had the conversation in your your own peer groups. Like, there's a lot of white people now who are going through white shame, and some of them because they've sort of come to a realization about things they didn't realize before, Mm. and others probably feel like it's been pushed upon them to sort of make a decision where they stand and they've decided, look, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history, so I'm going to stand in with the Black Lives Matter or whatever, you know, crowd or, or stand proud and be white. I think the problem is, like, you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are if you are white. You should, like, like um, Al Stalio said earlier on, if you just see something that don't seem right, you know, then you call it out. And like you said, Keith, earlier on, you know, your fight is to try and educate people with fact. You know mm-hmm. to tell them stuff that they don't know, and there was a um, a gold casting that I put up earlier on in, in the group, and it was talking about um, Dave Chappelle, and it was a really good one. It was I do like them gold castings, but it was a particularly good one, and uh, he he talked about that experience, you know, growing up, you know, with with uh, you know being that one, you know, that one, that that one black family, or that you know that you know, and growing up with the hardships and people basically just passing it off like it's not real you know it's our. It's i learned the experience that we're all going through and i think like if you're going to be white just ex- taking the knowledge listen to what people are actually saying to you and if they're saying that we're hurting and we're going through these collectively and there's enough voices then just at least acknowledge us and that will be at least a start you know we don't yeah. have to you know march on 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 the, on capitol hill but we just ask them to at least acknowledge the pain yeah yeah man um
0: Anyway, okay, so you guys ain't got nothing. You guys are quiet today, man. You guys are awfully
3: quiet, man. Hello?
2: I'm here, man. I'm here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Keith,
1: how, how, long like... have you
2: had, how long have you had the business, man, before lockdown?
1: Uh, so, uh, well, I started Twins Catering in Germany. So, I had Twins Catering about six years in Germany. Wow. Then, yeah, man. So, you know, then I got home in about, I came home in 2015 and my brother and I actually opened up Twins Catering here in 2016. Wow. So, you know, but we're doing very well we got a great contract with the New England Patriots everyone knows you know Tom Brady and all these guys Yeah. Every, every home game we do all the caterings for them and um, you know it's just been growing just been growing but I've been doing it for a little while and it's, uh, it's my passion I wouldn't want to do anything else you know We
2: really wicked man I didn't have even know um, have you, have you um, cooked for any like obviously Tom Brady but have you cooked for any other big celebrity names that we might know about
1: Oh, yeah. So um, when in Boston, uh, when, say, Gordon Ramsay, there's a chef, Guy Fieri, Josh Ingram, uh, Lydia Shire, these famous chefs, when they're in Boston, uh, my brother and I are invited to come help them out. In, uh, Boom! Do-
0: <laughs> it's Gordon Ramsay always swearing?
3: Ramsay's a dick. <laughs> 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 no, he won't
0: see this show. I'm pretty sure he won't see it. No, but he ever
3: does, Gordon, you're a dick. That's a dick. Me as well. When it comes down to cooking,
1: he, you know, he, he's, uh, he has a lot of knowledge. But when he gets his hands on the product, when he's an actual one doing the product, he makes a lot of errors.
0: Really? You
1: know, he's the one that actually carries them. You know, the finished product is, is, I give to the team. But mm-hmm. The knowledge itself, but his, his team. Just like every every sport, every person, you have your team, and the team makes it star, you know. So that's that's what I would have to say about Gordon Ramsay, but you know? There's a lot of chefs out there who, um, who you know, stuck. Everyone has their, you know, their, their uh, we call it, uh, vices. You know, everyone has their vices. Their, you know, that, that, uh, you know, if you're smoking weed or if you're drinking and uh, whatever, pornography, whatever, whatever vices. But you know, I didn't really. You would look at all these stars and be like, "Hey, man, that's a, he's a superstar. He's a he must be perfect." But everyone's not like that, and I no, find like I mean. my color. Uh, yeah, found that out the hard way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like where'd are, be like, oh man, Gordon Ramsay or Jamie Oliver's here, man, this is an honor, but really you're better cooking them, you know what I mean? It's always like that actually, the best people are often never discovered, because obviously the way I look at it, the whole industry is a monopoly, you know, if you know somebody you get in, if you don't know nobody, you stay at the bottom, you know what I mean? That's, that's that's why I
3: look at it. Well, like you were saying, in the military, or there's a glass ceiling. and you, Once you get to that level, you're not going any higher. And, and sometimes, you know, somebody's putting that ceiling in front of you or at least putting a block above your head and making you think that's the ceiling. You know? Yeah,
2: but the thing is, Keith ain't doing that.
3: Keith's going that, on his that, own journey that, to success, yeah, mate. That's what I'm saying. But, like, these people we will try, and, there's a lot of people who, in the, who will try and make you feel like that is your place.
0: You know, yeah, you see
2: them. What what, what problems have you had with the business? Have you had any major challenges that you had to overcome in Germany and in America?
1: Um, major challenges? Uh, not really. Just, you know, finding the money to grow. You know, that's that's always been a challenge. You know, we go to the banks and we're, we're looking for all these um, these loans mm. uh, for itself, but the loans just doesn't come in. So we have to grind even harder. Yeah. yeah. You know? A lot of hustling. No handouts, you know, and that's that's the that's the issue that we face. Even though I'm a veteran of the United States Army, and um, you know, there's just no handouts. Yeah. Everything before we, we get shut down. So uh, the you know, oh, system man. we're fighting right now, you know, there's there's no uh, handouts. In well,
2: in inverted commas, a lot of these companies now are jumping on the bandwagon of the Black Lives Movement. Uh, some of yeah. them are saying, "Look, man, we're going to invest." You Know X millions, hundreds. I think Netflix was saying 100 million, which was like 0.5% of the money they got in the bank. I mean, are you kind of looking at some of these companies and saying, Well, okay, you put your money where your mouth. Have you kind of approached any of these guys yet, or asking the question, or getting your your managers on it and stuff?
1: No, no, um, we're, we're I would say we're more independent. I don't even, I wouldn't even want to hand out from these guys because you know it's all charades, man. Um, as far as my brother and I, we just, you know, use every avenue that we have. I'll pay meals for families or, or some hours to teaching the kids in the community how to cook and yeah. money that way. So, um, you know, am going to chase, we're chase them. you know, we tried, we've seen what the outcome was and we move forward. Yeah. with these guys playing all these charade games, um, uh, I, I wouldn't trust, trust them having a part of my business moving mm. forward.
0: Mm. Yeah. Real I think it makes sense for you to um, um like you said keep doing uh, charity events keep showing that you can cook because you'll get so many customers from that stuff you know what I mean it's That's the same right. with me like when I do piano when I play at one place like maybe a wedding or something and then like another person will come to me or two people will come to me keep oh, play at my wedding yeah okay and next time I go to their wedding another four people will come and eight and all of a sudden I got like all these gigs and it's the same thing with you guys man it's like you're cooking some nice sidewinders or something you're good no, not sidewinders, sliders.
1: Sidewinders.
0: I'm thinking of the garage event, sidewinders, yeah.
3: like a cocktail, brother. Yeah, or, or something like this, yeah. So, um. Watch your, what's your speciality, you know, if he's going to cook us one food just a while. I right,
0: give it a tip. Yeah, give the people, oh, the listeners, oh, a tip.
3: Man, one thing to make us say, yo, these guys are mentioning cool. about. We'll do some nice crab cakes, we'll do uh, some coca
1: then. You know we do a lot of french style cuisine you know that's the way i learned you know a lot of belgium and french cooking you know um yeah i, I like it uh fancy you know Posh. really you, know, pas- or if you like you know foie gras on a nice salad apple salad i mean we do it all
0: you
1: know? Wow! Okay. So, can you
0: do, it, was- it probably makes sense to, can you do indian food
1: oh uh, yes I, I have I dabbled in it a little bit um it's hard to understand 'Cause it's really Complex. Yeah. Um, oil. A lot of oils and spices. And um, you know, I just uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't serve that to my guests just because I look out for the health. I just want them to be healthy. And a lot of Indian cuisine is not healthy.
0: Yeah, that's true. In Greece. You should you should try vegan food, man. That's what you do. You're not a vegan, I or you? a vegetarian
1: no no none of that <laughs> you need to do yeah, hey, listen dude none of that none of that you know I is like it going like to clash is it going to
0: clash you need to you need to a vegan restaurant <laughs> and sell vegan food and trust me you're going to be banking
3: man's like I ain't got tofu I've got or tofu
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: think the only the only vegan company I know is making money is Lyndon McCartney and her food ain't even she's vegetarian
0: she's vegetarian she's not vegan
2: oh well yeah, that's it. Then yeah, I rest my case.
0: Uh, <laughs> still good, though. still meat-free. Still but, good. but
2: there's no there's no big restaurant change or any big restaurants who are vegan only who are, who, are, who are smashing it. So for me, it's like a... Yeah, they're out there. There's a lot of people out there. But I can't think of one vegan store but it's kind of a name a global. when i went name.
0: to thailand there was a, a restaurant they were killing it man mate, I, 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 I,
2: did you hear what i just said <laughs> it doesn't matter you? you just said there was in the when big I, when one, I went, told you one when i went to it's thailand well i want to buy a vegan sort of a worldwide brand like mcdonald's or ksc <laughs> but they're all integrating
0: vegan burgers instead <laughs> of <salmon.
2: laughs> when i went to thailand <laughs> mate there's one in black
3: um, actually talking of vegan stuff, how about this, um, I don't know if you guys got to hear the story about, with, uh, this going back a while now when, uh, Burger King was launching their vegan burger and the Six she's now a completely vegan burger, but they cook it on the same griddle as well. The it's same griddle as, as the meat on <laughs> they ain't got the, they ain't got the
2: fungus. That's they're where they taste. To
3: cook, they're, <laughs> they're just trying to
2: panda. The thing is though, is, as daft as it sounds, if you can cater for that marketplace, it is additional revenue stream
0: yeah yeah yeah. you can't
2: deny that because if you can get if you can get an extra thousand people in the year because you put on a selection of vegan dishes well that's a thousand times their money isn't it so it makes sense you know any any restaurant that
3: is looking to grow um incorporate it man it's,
1: it's a business. brilliant
3: market because it's only going to get bigger like they mm. like which we'll see things like you said like you know you don't recognize a brand that you but you will and you're aware that you will in the future because that's there's, the way there's, it is. there's one coming man trust me yeah no, that's the way it's, it's going man but you the one thing you don't do to try and appeal to the vegan crowd is tell them that you're going to cook it on the same place as <laughs> you know I'm saying? like that's not going to win though. you know it's like saying to like you no. An animal lover, you know, obviously a vegan and everything, so say, listen, but we, we killed it nicely, you know. <laughs> this, 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 this pig died be- beautifully, you know, like it was in the grass the day before in the fields. But I love the sausage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. um, yeah, so, um, like I said, vegan restaurants, vegan on the menu is, is the way forward, man. Hey, Keith, if you take anything from this conversation today, man, put vegan stuff on your food, earn your menu, man. You'd add yeah. Yeah, add it on, on to the, the <laughs> menu. Add it on
2: in the twin in your twin business. Have you ever had a restaurant or has it always been outside catering?
1: Uh, we, we had two restaurants, we tried. Um, the place that we lived in was a predominantly Portuguese area and mm-hmm. um, our tough is our tough community. So we opened up a, a soul food restaurant in mm-hmm. the middle mm. area and. Um, it just didn't work out too well. They weren't. They didn't trust us enough. You know, we were brand new. This was back in 2006. They didn't trust. Mm. Us. We knew what we were doing, so we ended up shutting that down and opened up a breakfast and lunch diner. Mm. So the breakfast and lunch diner, Twins Cafe. Uh, we made it in the newspaper. Everyone's talking about it. Um, Board of Health came down and found every single last reason to shut us down. Really? So we, uh, two yeah. exits. You know, exit purposes, our hood over the grill was too small and just and we just didn't have enough money to, to put up to, to save ourselves. So we had to shut that one down. Damn. But you know what? And, and thank, thank goodness to God, that was the birth of Quinn's catering. Yeah. After we tried the restaurants, we were like, what? We're just going to do catering. Yeah. And uh, I've been catering ever since, you know, man,
2: so. you get, get rid of all them overheads, all them regular bills going out every month. It's actually a weight off people's shoulders yeah. to relinquish. I mean, I had an office for my business and, man, the day I handed back them keys, the light, <laughs> the, the, the clouds open, man, and this light just shone through on me. hallelujah. And it was like, whoa, I feel like, honestly, it's just that pressure. Because everyone, month, you know, right, before we can even eat a piece of bread for ourselves, We've got to serve X amount of it. customers,
1: yeah. and we've got to hope
2: they're all happy. Hope they all pay. Hope they all leave tips, and then we might be able to get a can of beans at the end of the night for ourselves. Mm. So I imagine that's a big weight off your shoulders, man. To, yeah. <laughs> to, to get rid of that.
0: You know, I've always I've always had a, a kind of a dream. I don't know if it's still a dream. One, I'm doing all this stuff now, but I always wanted to open like um, a stand, obviously like an inbiz stand. Um, yeah. what would you say to me, Keith? You know, like if I was gonna, you know, because obviously that's going to be kind of fast food in it. It's going to kind of be like burgers and, and quick things that you can do quickly. You can't do a Jamaican rice and peas. and ch- Well, you probably can, if you prepare it the night before, but it takes a long time. You know what I mean? So what would you say to me if I was like, yeah, man, I got so much money. I want to, I want to hold one of these up. Would you recommend it? Or would you say, nah, you know what?
1: Well, I, I would do it. I would do it. As, as long as you have two or three employees where you can relieve yourself, um, mm. that's the money's going to come or go you know people are going to like it or not they're going to support it or not but um if you get stuck there 7 days a week for 17 hours a day yeah. your life so you know you have to evaluate that part but mm-hmm. the business is you know um, the recipes you can create you can put shit on a stick and people will buy it you know <laughs>
0: i might just do that <laughs> you know i swear you'll find someone to really buy that stuff i i'm pretty sure you would just marked it correctly there
3: was a there's a company here that was in wales and i couldn't believe that uh, radio was interviewing them and they i think they were doing it more for satire you know from the joke that these people were deadly serious they were selling fresh welsh air bottled air from dude wales that's good people in, in 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 america when you open out this thing yeah what do you expect to happen when they open out fresh air there's <laughs> What do you is going to happen? Like, so Say you're in America now, you're, like, you're in Florida, and you go, yeah, man, I'm going to have some of this nice Welsh air, and then you open the bottle. What do you think's going to happen? You think you're going to smell Welsh air? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, oh, it's <laughs> only for a dollar a bottle, bro. <laughs> How much? A dollar a bottle?
0: <laughs> that's the biggest most
3: dollars,
2: what, that's why they use the it's, radio. It's one way to kind of help with recycling, though, isn't it? Because that bottle, that bottle, of puppy finish, man. You can just fill it up, sell it for a quid. Yeah, he, he well, sir, keep it circulating, man.
0: <laughs> you know, actually, that's the... see. See, so what you're saying is something nice. I've heard of places, for example, in Japan, where there's, that they sell. I don't even say, say the word, but doo doo burgers. You can. Sell, they sell doo doo burgers, man. Actually, I don't even know if it's real, man. But I know that's what they're saying. There's like there's an idea that they could sell doo doo burgers.
3: There's a market for everything. Oh there my is. god! You've <laughs> oh, heard the shit, man.
0: <laughs> You've heard the good. <laughs> you
3: the shit, bro. <laughs> they are. Oh, man, no, I'm, gonna my, I'm gonna ask
2: my Japanese friend about that on Thursday. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. What's that? Yeah, make that up, man.
0: Nah, nah I'm serious, man. I'm serious. I'm telling the truth, man. I get up with the
2: truth now.
0: Anyway, guys, man, we've done an hour, man. We've done an hour. I'm sure everyone's ready to go to sleep. Wow! except for Keith. He's chilling.
1: Early. Early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, we'll start with our guest today. Keith, you got anything to plug, man? Tell us about Twin Catering, where you are, where we can get your food.
1: That's right. So, yeah, Boston, Massachusetts. We service all New England, uh, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Any high-end, low-end event, up to 1,500 people. Uh, find us at uh, Instagram at Chef Twin Keith, Twin Catering LLC. Our website com. Uh, excuse me. I'm all over the place, guys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just Google twins LLC, and well, we are available.
0: Sounds good, man. Uh, he's next. Uh, uh Sai? I'm, I'm good. I just want to say, like,
3: um, been a, been a crazy old week again man bringing uh, some
0: ideas together and that and i'm gonna make some announcements to me that i'm still keeping strong for this week hopefully by next week i'm gonna have something great nice
2: word man uh nigel yeah t- i just wanna just wanna say yeah keep the fight going man keep keep our keep our knee on their throats <laughs> let's make sure there's some change let's get some unity let's get one one voice which says something to the community which we can all say, yeah, that's what we need to happen. Boom.
0: Wait. And he's uh the boss of love selling hate. No. Love Love
2: sells, hate selling. (laughs) And he's probably got a seminar
0: coming up which he doesn't want to promote for some reason. So No 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 I
2: I, I am taking on people at the moment. To be fair man, I've got students coming at me left, right, and centre. I'm gonna have to shut the door soon.
0: Uh, Yeah okay. I hope he stays at that (laughs) And And the lovely Erica, you got anything to bless us Um, with?
2: going to actually say happy birthday to my brother, Errol. Hey! Uh, happy, birthday, happy birthday, Errol. Birthday happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> how, old, how old is he? 20, 23 or
0: 33? Uh, 30 for the ninth time. Oh, That's not my mum. She's still 25, man. I'm like, oh, that's have <laughs> past you in age. <laughs> you had but me before I was born.
2: blessed and keep getting fresh air, people. Don't stay indoors.
0: Simon, Simon knows a good place inside Wales I got you a deal man I'll do two
3: for
0: one please <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah you guys have been listening to Black Copolis Podcast Media with the real locker room geezers um, you get a chance to listen to our new digitalized audio mini series first episode's out now A Hidden Agenda have, if you get a chance have a look at that guys peace out man I'll see you guys next week Peace. Peace. Thanks again for, for coming, uh, Keith, man. Cheers. Thanks, Keith, man. Nice one. Good Get
2: Keith, you on man. again.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.